You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. I don't know what's less surprising. The Kings losing to the Utah Jazz on Saturday night or that I felt it was their most complete competitive performance during the six-game losing streak. Don't be fooled by the 128-112 to final score. The game was much closer than that. However, I do admit at no point did I think the Kings were actually going to pull this one out. We'll talk about this game plus preview the Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. And Sam Amick of The Athletic had a conversation with Tyrese Halliburton. He published that interview Earlier this morning, some great stuff in there, including Tyrese talking about the Rookie of the Year race, falling to the Kings at 12, and being moved back to the bench. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode of Locked On Kings is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And I know some of you are wondering, hey, Matt, where's the fun, creative, funny intros that we got used to from last week? I apologize. I'm not going to be able to produce things like that before every single Locked on Kings podcast episode, but I will say I'm very thankful for how many of you enjoyed that. I'm very thankful for how well-received Friday's Kings Syndrome PSA that I put together was received, especially on social media. So many of you sharing that with your friends. I really enjoy creating content like that that is different, that helps me. It's therapy for me to get through the struggles and frustrations of covering the Sacramento Kings. In case you didn't know, and I'm really not trying to complain about my job because I love what I do, but it's not easy talking about the Sacramento Kings on a daily basis, especially after 14, now nearly 15 years of no playoffs and losing. It's tough. So when I'm able to take a negative and spin it into a positive in some kind of comedic way or fun way, and when those efforts are so well-received as they were last week, It's a great reminder of how much I enjoy doing what I do and how great the Sacramento Kings fan base is for being willing to laugh at themselves and know that they support a team that is very difficult to follow. They support a team that right now straight up sucks. And yet instead of abandoning the team and moving on and not caring or not watching anymore, which is the exact opposite of the loyalty that this fan base continues to show, instead of that, they can use humor amongst other methods as a coping mechanism. So thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed those intros last week. I will be doing more of them periodically when the ideas come to me or when it makes sense. Certainly won't be the last of these creative little skits and things that I come up with to open the Locked on Kings podcast. So the Kings lost to the Utah Jazz on Saturday night. Raise your hand if that surprised you. 
all of your hands should be down. But what might surprise you is, like I said in the intro, the 128 to 112 final score. I might have expected a final score like that. And look, I'm not here to make excuses for the Sacramento Kings. I'm certainly not going to sit here and go, well, isn't it great that the Kings were at least competitive against the number one team in the Western Conference? Uh, I know they lost, but at least they looked better. I'm not here to sell you any crap like that. The Kings lost. They still allowed 128 points. It was not a good performance all the way around for the Kings, and it's a six-game losing streak. There's nothing about this to be happy about or pleased with at all. But 128 to 112, that final score really doesn't tell the whole story of this game. Kings got off to a 12 to 1 start, surprising absolutely nobody. I was there watching from start to finish. Kings get that 12 and 1 start, and I'm like, of course, of course they do. Of course the Kings do. I mean, you knew they were going to come out of the gate and start hot after multiple chances to come out of the gate and start hot against the worst team in the West and the worst team in the East and failing to do so. You knew the Kings were going to in this game. Now, we also all knew that that lead wasn't going to last, which is why it surprised nobody that the Kings were losing by three at the end of the first quarter. In all my talk about the culture of the Sacramento Kings needing to change and being the main problem on Friday's Locked on Kings podcast, I didn't even get to the starting lineup changes that Luke Walton made moving Mo Harkless into the starting lineup, moving Tyrese Halliburton out in an effort to add more size. I don't have a problem with Mo Harkless coming in. I get it. I get the Kings wanting to have a little more size. I get them wanting to move away from the three-guard starting lineup that we knew wasn't going to work long-term. It got figured out pretty quick. It had strong stretches together, but opening up the game small, the Kings have been getting bullied consistently. So I get wanting to make the change. And I'm not the biggest Mo Harkless fan, but I don't think he's been bad being plugged into that position. He's certainly not the answer to the Kings' problems going forward. It's probably just a plug-and-play for the remainder of the season before they go out and find a better fit in the future. But I don't have a problem with the Kings wanting to add more size to their starting lineup and correct that three-guard lineup. I do have a problem with the fact that it's Tyrese Halliburton being moved out of the starting lineup and not Buddy Heald. Why in the world is Buddy Heald still starting for this team? Buddy has not been great this season at all, at any period of time. All he does, all Buddy Heald does, and God bless him because he's really good at his one thing, all Buddy Heald does is shoot threes. That's literally it. He has been enabled to just shoot threes and do nothing else. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't attack the basket. He has gotten better as a passer. I will admit that. And he's trying to communicate more. And you know that I've been giving Buddy Heald credit for growth in his game earlier on in the season. But the harsh reality is his focus on growing other areas of his game has led to his three-point shooting numbers dropping off. I tweeted out, I think it's very easy to guard Buddy Heald now. It's extremely easy. All you have to do is play him tight so he doesn't get room to get his shot off, force him to put the ball on the floor, he'll probably turn it over, and go over screens when they're set for him. That's it. That's all you have to do to guard Buddy Heald. It's basic defensive philosophy. And if your goal is to add size and bring size into your starting lineup, to provide more physicality and more defense with that starting five, Why the hell are you moving Tyrese Halliburton out? One of your best defensive players. I know Tyrese can put on some pounds. I know he's not going to push anybody around really, but he knows how to jump passing lanes. He's long. He's a significantly better defender than Buddy Heald. It makes no sense. I do not get why the Kings are continuing to bang their own heads against the wall to try and make Buddy Heald work as a starter. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked. And I try to avoid speculation and mini NBA or Sacramento Kings conspiracy theories, but I don't think this is a Luke Walton decision. How can this be a Luke Walton decision when he benched Buddy Heald for much less last season when he didn't have Tyrese Halliburton available? 
What so drastically changed this year that made Luke suddenly refuse to go away from Buddy Heald as a starter? It sure as hell hasn't been Buddy's performance. Buddy hasn't improved. He's gotten worse. This smells like a management decision. This smells like a order from the top, whether it's ownership or general manager Monty McNair, keep Buddy Heald in that starting lineup. And that could be for multiple reasons. One, to keep Buddy happy, which I think is stupid. And number two, try and salvage some sort of value for Buddy as an NBA starter, not making it completely obvious that the Kings are ready to move on from him so they might be able to get something for him in the offseason, which is also stupid because you know nobody's going to buy it. Tyrese Halliburton is the future of the Sacramento Kings. He and De'Aaron Fox are the future backcourt for the Kings. And Tyrese is already capable of playing basketball at a high level now. It's not like we're taking Buddy Heald out in this scenario and plugging in a very raw prospect who has a long way to go. That's not a tanking move. It increases your win potential, in my opinion, to move Tyrese Halliburton into the starting lineup and take Buddy Heald out. And on top of that, I get the argument earlier in the season for bringing Halliburton off the bench when he was that primary ball handler with the second unit, but now you have DeLon Wright. There is no reason in my mind, there is no argument that makes sense for Tyrese Halliburton being moved out of the starting lineup and Buddy Heald staying. No sense at all. But anyway, back to this Kings loss against the Jazz. The only thing from this game that I really want to talk about is the play of Rashawn Holmes. 25 points, 10 rebound, double-double for him. Also had an assist, a steal, and a block shot. He was a plus 18 in his time on the floor. This stat line to me is even more impressive than the other similar or even better stat lines that Rashawn Holmes has put up so far this season because he did it against Rudy Gobert, who is by far the best defensive big man in the NBA. Maybe one of the best defensive bigs of all time. Rashawn Holmes, who is an undersized center, and I use air quotes there because that's the biggest criticism of Rashawn Holmes's game. That exact reason, those exact words I have heard Kings fans say is why they don't want to pay Rashawn Holmes a decent amount of money between 12 to 15 million dollars a year to come back and remain the starting center for the Kings. Well, the undersized center that you potentially don't want to pay just put up 25 points and 10 rebounds on a multiple defensive player of the year and the best defensive big in the NBA, who has Rashawn in both height and weight. But Holmes is smart. He knows how to work around that. And Holmes has something that a stat column can't measure, and that's heart. And if you can't see that in how Rashawn played on Saturday night against Utah, I don't know what to tell you. Re-signing Rashawn Holmes this summer is still top priority in my mind. Absolute top priority. And games like Saturday night further prove my point. The Locked on Kings podcast would like to welcome in a new sponsor that is Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life and your job easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. 
Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests or add your own. Then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, like, for example, my favorite mint brownie. There's also banana bread, peanut butter, orange, toffee, almond. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. Built Bars are also healthy for you. They're great for the health conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Here's an example. The coconut almond bar, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off right now on BuiltBar.com. If you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, I strongly encourage you to get one. And look, this is not a sponsor. This is not advertising or anything like that. We don't get a penny from helping The Athletic out at all. But I'm telling you, as someone who follows the Sacramento Kings daily, The Athletic is such an important resource, especially for the information and news and coverage that you get from both Jason Jones, who you've heard multiple times here on the Locked on Kings podcast, or... Articles like what Sam Amick released today, not to mention stuff from Sam Vecini around draft time and year-round national coverage. You've heard Sam on this podcast before. The Athletic truly is a phenomenal resource for NBA, all sports coverage really, but especially Sacramento Kings coverage. This morning, Sam released an article in which he had a phone conversation, a one-on-one conversation with Sacramento Kings rookie Tyrese Halliburton. They talked about a bunch of good stuff. It's a pretty long article. It's just a transcript, really, of their conversation. And there are some major lines and points that I want to read for you from here. But I do encourage you to get a subscription to The Athletic. Go and read this article all the way through. I'm obviously not going to spoil everything and not going to take all of Sam's fantastic work. But there are some quotes in here from Tyrese that I had to read for you. The first is Tyrese's assessment of how he feels he's been playing as of late. He says, quote, So to be playing right now and kind of having these nights where we're not very successful or playing bad and struggling at times, that obviously sucks. But me as a player, I'm just trying to grow every day. Right now, I honestly feel like I'm playing like shit. I'm not playing up to my ability, and it's frustrating because I feel like I owe myself better. I owe our team better. I know I'm a rookie, but I don't like to think of it that way. I like to think I'm a valuable piece to this franchise, and if I want to make some change in this game, like I talk about, then I've got to be better on a nightly basis. I've talked to some great players in this league, and they've talked to me about how important consistency is. For me to have as good of a career as I want, I've got to be better. 
tells you a lot about Tyrese Halliburton. You're going to learn more about Tyrese Halliburton, who he is, his personality, his approach to the game, and him playing for the Sacramento Kings in just a little bit from more of the quotes that I'm going to read for you. But that tells me right there something that I already knew, but it reaffirms the fact that the Kings selected a player in Halliburton who has high expectations for himself and this franchise. And he's not giving himself the benefit of the doubt for being a rookie. He's not trying to ease his way into a successful career. He wants to be impactful right away here in Sacramento. Right now. He sees a window for success right now. And the recent losses, plus how he's performed really since coming back from this injury, have clearly frustrated him. And he's taking accountability for that. That in its own right is leadership by example, which is phenomenal to be coming from a 21-year-old rookie. Tyrese spoke to Sam about his move back to the bench. He said... About coming off the bench, I'm not tripping off that. At the end of the day, I'm a basketball player. I'm not just saying this because it's a media answer. Like, Buddy Heald yelled at me yesterday because I told him this and he was like, oh, don't give me the media answer. But it's the truth. I'm a basketball player at the end of the day, so I'm coming out here to compete every night. If you put me off the bench or start me or however many minutes, I'm going to value those minutes and compete. It is what it is. So Sam followed up asking, so Buddy asked you what you felt? And thought you were bullshitting him? And Tyrese said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, I have aspirations to start and to be a star and to be a superstar. I know that that can come. I've just got to go about my days the right way. I thought that interaction between Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton was interesting. We've heard from a couple different sources now that Buddy has really stepped up as that vocal locker room leader. And I'm not the biggest fan of the idea of Buddy being the number one talker, but based off his personality compared to some of the other personalities in there, it doesn't completely surprise me. Now, that being said, I imagine some reading this, and I had this natural reaction, might think that Buddy was trying to cause drama or stir the pot or anything like this. I don't think that's the case. I don't want to read that context into it. To me, this sounded like a team leader honestly asking Tyrese for his feelings on being moved out of the starting lineup. And it just so happens that the team leader asking this happens to be Buddy Heald, who has gone through being removed from the starting lineup by two different head coaches over the last couple of seasons. So he's familiar with this feeling. So it sounds like he approached Tyrese Halliburton to talk to him about it. Tyrese gave this kind of, I'm chill, I'm not too worried about it answer. And Buddy might not have believed him and wanted to get more out of him. I think that's an interesting interaction. I believe Tyrese when he says that he's not too worried about it right now. But I also know, like he said at the tail end of that quote, that he does want to be a star and he does want to start. He just believes in going about it the right way. Tyrese has a long answer in this article talking about his approach to the draft where he expected to go, where he thought he could go, and he really looked at number 12 to the Sacramento Kings as his absolute floor. He was informed multiple times that if he fell to 12, the Kings were absolutely going to take him. And he explains kind of his journey on draft night, where he thought he was going to go, how he thought he was almost going to get selected by the Washington Wizards. And then he addresses the rumors that he and his agent somehow orchestrated coming to Sacramento, telling other teams that he wasn't interested in playing for them and he wanted to play for SAC. I'll just read that quote for you really quick. He says, but there's all these stupid rumors going around that I told everybody not to pick me because I wanted to go to SAC at 12. Like, come on now. Are you crazy? I would never. These teams just didn't pick me, you know? It is what it is. 
I don't know who's making it up, whether it's teams where they don't want to look stupid, or I don't know. I don't know what it is. He then is asked if he takes all those teams passing on him and falling to the Kings at 12 as motivation. He says, hell yeah, for sure. I think the great players internally have that. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's just a part of them forever, right? That's just who they are. They're not going to be super vocal about it by any means, but just internally that extra motivation. I think the great ones always find that. So I think it definitely is in my head all the time. And there definitely has been some dumb shit said throughout the process where I'm like, okay, let's not forget you said that. There have been people who said crazy things, like they don't really see it in me or they don't see the fit. I'm a basketball player, so I feel like if you put me anywhere, I'm going to go out there and play to my abilities. Later on in the article, Tyrese talks about a interaction that he had with Anthony Edwards in Minnesota when talking about the Rookie of the Year race, and I love this. He says, me and Ant were talking about it when we played, saying they told us our draft class wasn't going to be shit. You know what I'm saying? And there's multiple of us who are playing at a high level right now and are going to be playing at a high level for a while. I think that's kind of a fire within us. Like, man, they told us we wasn't going to be nothing. So let's change that and be special. I remember asking Tyrese Halliburton directly about that in his introductory press conference to the Sacramento Kings after being drafted. I asked him if he used it as motivation, the labels of his draft class being a weak draft class. And at the time, he said almost the exact same thing. I love that motivation from Tyrese Halliburton. He plays with that chip on his shoulder, as does the rest of this draft class. And you know what? I think we are going to look at this draft class later on down the line and go, man, some really solid players came out of it. Hopefully Tyrese is the best out of those players, though. Final quote for you here from this article doesn't need any setup. Tyrese says, I want the next generation to talk about my ability as a basketball player. That's definitely the goal. I don't ever set limits or anything, but I think first and foremost, it's about being here in Sacramento and helping change this culture. That's the biggest goal right now, is not letting the past of the Kings culture overtake me and coming in here and making a real difference. Obviously, getting us back to the playoffs, but that's just one step. From there, I'm trying to compete for a championship and ultimately win a championship. Tyrese, on his own, without being asked about the King's culture, brings up the King's culture twice, saying how he wants to come and change the culture, and he doesn't want to succumb to the current King's culture. What Tyrese Halliburton is saying here, unless I'm completely misinterpreting his words, is that he is and was aware of what the King's culture has been coming in. He is determined to change that, but on top of that, he was not going to allow that culture of losing and failure to infect his career. And I use the word infect purposefully because we've seen a lot of players come here and allow the Sacramento Kings culture to infect their game. Tyrese is determined not to let that happen. And I thought that was very eye-opening that he brought that up on his own. Bet Online is the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action with the NBA, the NHL, the MLB all going on right now. Of course, football, college sports, they have it all. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And tonight, you can make money on a Sacramento Kings win or loss against the New Orleans Pelicans. Right now, the Kings are underdogs in this game, plus two tonight, a pretty close gambling line. Between these two teams, betonline.ag is expecting a close game. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. 
Have fun, make money on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Important game tonight between the Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans. If you still care about the race for the Western Conference play-in tournament, the Kings right now are three games back of the Warriors in the 10th spot, and they are two games back of the Pelicans in the 11th spot. Now, so far, these two teams, the Kings and the Pelicans, have met twice this season. The Kings lost to the Pelicans earlier this season in January, 128-123 to in Sacramento, but they defeated New Orleans in February, 118-109. to That game was in New Orleans. That was part of their seven wins in eight-game stretch. Looking at that game that the Kings won, it largely had to do with the phenomenal play of De'Aaron Fox. He scored 38 points, also had 12 assists, played 40 minutes in that game. Kings also got 24 points from Harrison Barnes, 16 from Buddy Heald, 17 points, 10 rebounds from Rashawn Holmes, and an 11-rebound, 6-assist performance from Tyrese Halliburton off of the bench. Kings held Zion to 17, Brandon Ingram to 20, and overall they held the Pelicans to 109 points. Like I told you, if the Kings really can hold a team to under 110, they put themselves in the best position to win. But to be honest with you, I don't have much faith that they're going to be able to do that tonight. Tonight's game is their final meeting with New Orleans. So, this game has tiebreaker implications. This would be a huge win for the Kings, not just to end this losing streak and prevent it from getting to seven, but also put the Kings in a position to where if they are tied with New Orleans in that 10th spot by the end of the season, feels like wishful thinking, but go with me here, then they would get the bump because they beat New Orleans two out of three times. But like betonline.ag says, the Pelicans, they're favored in this game. I would pick them to win, and I imagine I'll be popping a mic on tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast talking about the seventh straight loss for the Kings. Now, I'm not rooting for that, of course. Let me reiterate, even if the Kings lose almost every game for the remainder of this season, it's not going to put them in a great spot for a top three or even top five draft pick. I still think trying to win and making a push for that play-in tournament is the best route. Although, like I said a lot last week, I don't have any faith that the Kings are going to be able to get it done at this point in time. But still, another win streak is probably coming, right? just based off of how this season has gone. And could the Kings start a win streak tonight, especially with the Washington Wizards coming into town on Wednesday? Still a lot of winnable games coming up. I mentioned Washington. They also have two meetings at home, back-to-back nights against the Minnesota Timberwolves, followed by a game against the Golden State Warriors. That's going to be an important game for obvious reasons. They still have three meetings with the Oklahoma City Thunder later this season, a couple meetings with the Memphis Grizzlies, the makeup games for the games that were canceled earlier on this year. Kings still have a chance, but I wouldn't put money on it. How are you feeling about tonight's game? Let me know. At Matt George Radio on Twitter. Email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I sure as hell hope Luke Walton will fix his starting lineup tonight. Keep Mo Harkless in there. I don't mind that. Just move Buddy Heal the hell out and put Tyrese Halliburton back in. Please, Luke, make that change. I want to hear your thoughts on this new Kings starting lineup. Are you okay with the current lineup, or are you like me? Would you prefer to see Buddy Heald out and Halliburton in? Or would you rather the Kings go back to that small lineup and move Moharkless back out? Again, reach out to me at MattGeorgeRadio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And as always, please stay safe, stay healthy, and I will talk to you soon. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.